Hello and welcome to Radius Coffee Talk. I'm your host, Liam O'Brien, community organizer here at Radius Cowork. Coffee Talk is a short-form podcast where I interview Radius members and share their stories, insights, and experiences. We hope that this podcast can help you learn a little bit more about one of our many members and help foster more connections in our community. For anyone tuning in for the first time, Radius Cowork is a co-working space located on the ninth floor of the Renaissance Building in downtown Erie, PA. We're passionate about Erie's downtown revitalization and contribute by providing freelancers, remote workers, and small businesses with better services, facilities, and community to get work done. Learn more about us at radiusco.work. With me today is Jonathan Marsh. John is the founder and technology strategist at Steel Toe Consulting, a consulting firm with the goal of providing digital and on-site consulting to the mechanical, electrical, and plumbing, or MEP, construction industry, bridging the gap between virtual design and off-site fabrication and manufacturing. John has worked for over two decades in the architectural engineering and construction industry and has an extensive background in MEP construction processes, engineering, and a deep knowledge and passion for technology solutions both inside and outside construction. Throughout his career, John has been a committed champion of technology adoption, modular fabrication, building information modeling, and the advantages of using progressive technological approaches to project and company challenges. By focusing on the people, processes, and procedures needed for successful technology adoption, he's built an impressive track record for successful technology implementations in areas such as reality capture, digital layout, mobile and mobile device management, virtual reality, fabrication technologies, and cloud collaboration. John serves on the Mechanical Contractors Association of America Technology Committee and has taught at various trade schools and speaks at industry events about his experiences and the advantages of using technology to move the industry forward. He is currently the product manager for GTP Field Orders, that's orders with a Z, and he also consults, teaches, and does research that centers on the cutting-edge technology in construction today. John, it's good to have you on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here, man. Great to be here. So I figured I would just start with your current business, Steel Toe Consulting, if you just want to get into that a little bit and tell me about what you've started to build there. Well, you know, it it grew out of consulting, and I've always been somebody who kind of wants to do everything, all right? Um, So we we had some consulting, and then we met Matt White, and Matt White – Kind of, kind of gave us this opportunity to try some some software development. So we did some software development with Whitethorn Video, with Ghost Creative, or with Whitethorn Digital, Ghost Creative, and and that was really fascinating. And and honestly, I you know I have a background in construction, and the reason I started Steel Toe really was because so many people in construction don't understand technology. So there's this huge group of people that are struggling, and and those are the waters I swim in. Man, I, I dig tech. Um, they just, we just changed my title, um, from CEO to technology strategist. And I've never been happier because really that's what I like to do is just, you know, look at a problem and look at how we can solve it in a more modern way. Have you always been this technologist or did you get your start somewhere else? Um, I actually like, um, I actually was primarily into building. Um, so carpentry and metalwork and, and building with everything. And I got a job at Hammett Medical Center. And the guy got the job with at Hammett. Um, this was when Windows 95 came out, just to date myself. He was like awesome. So he, he said, hey, I'm going to teach you how to do this. And um, after he taught me how to use that, I did have some background in electronics and, you know, had been messing around with tech, but I didn't play video games and none of that. And, you know, Windows 95, hey, listen, 
computers were just getting to the point where they were useful and not turning into blue screen of death all the time. So I was really happy to do that. And, and, you know, honestly, that, that guy, George, he probably changed the path of my career more than any one person. Wow. That's really cool. So Steel Toe Consulting, you, you basically help modernize construction. You know what? That's a great way to say it. We help modernize construction. What our original pledge was to bring technology to the trades. Trades are electrical, plumbing, sheet metal. They really were lacking in technology. And I came out of the of working with trades when I worked at William T. Spader Company here in Erie. I did a lot with digitizing their technology or their construction process. But yeah, tech construction has lagged behind all other industries. So introducing technology to them, really, you, you get better bang for your buck. And honestly, I think we all like low-hanging fruit, bringing even a CRM system, bringing a CRM system into contractors is fascinating for them at times. And and we don't do that so much as we bring in augmented reality, virtual reality, reality capture, you know, um, drove around in a car with $100,000 worth of gear in the trunk, you know, like two scanners and and a point layout machine. And, and that's to like scan a building. Yeah, dude, to, to, it takes a laser, it shoots it against the walls, it bounces back, changes the phase. And that allows us to quickly capture the reality of millions and millions of measurements. So that measure measure twice, cut once, this is measure a million times. So before they would have to take a ruler or something oh, and, yeah. and go measure all the walls and the floors and everything, and now they just scan it. Now, well, yeah, if you can scan it, you scan it. And the reason we got a scanner was actually I missed a chain pull on a garage door opener on a job that cost us 60,000 bucks. All right. So like just didn't measure the chain fall on a garage door opener quite accurately. Wow. And then you're like, okay, well, maybe the $40,000 equipment's worth it, you know, Uh, to not make those mistakes again. Oh, man, there's so many questions and topics I'd love to get into because I know you're like a, a huge dictionary or encyclopedia of knowledge. But I, I, I figured I would um, jump around a little bit. And since I know a little bit about your background, tell me about working with Universal Studios. It was it was truly epic. Um, so what they brought us, um, it was right before Christmas and I needed to make some some money. They brought us a bunch of artist renderings. No three-dimensional components at all. Just like what the artists thought this area was going to look like, some floor plans and stuff. And they said, make us a huge model. And then we're going to run it as a video with a timeline that shows it being virtually built. And that was, it was one of the funnest jobs ever. It was here at Radius with another guy, Josh Granger used to be here. And, and um, the artist renderings, turning those into sculptures in an environment that wasn't really built for like fluid drawing. Um, we ended up in a virtual reality a program called Tilt Brush. And we were actually in VR using our hands to model because both of us had an art background. So like we can model it with our hands. It was doing it with the mouse that was problematic because you're not in 3D. So when you're doing that modeling, are you just holding the Oculus controller? Absolutely. The Oculus controller is your paintbrush. The other hand is your palette and you're able to paint with solids. So actually most of it was painted with what amounted to giant fluorescent duct tape is what it looked like. And we we're building out the, this, the, the, for, for, you know, for sculpture and for, for art, for trees, they wanted a bunch of trees. I'm like, how do you get trees, man? I could scan it, but that looks too real. And then we did these really weird trees and tilt brush and they were, they loved it. So what's your take on the metaverse? I know this is a crazy change of topics, but kind of oh, bridging good. over from the VR. Um, I think, I think I've been in VR too long because um, I talked to some people about the metaverse and the first thing that came up was physics. 
And, you know, I build million dollar models of buildings and the buildings don't have physics, but everybody assumed they would that went in the metaverse. So I think, I think it's a cool clash of social with, with this, these virtual tools that, that have been used in construction forever. Um, there are probably six different platforms right now investing, I, I mean, it just close to billions of dollars in building digital assets that can actually be, be built physically. So these are buildings that would work physically, built digitally so that they can do some agile testing because you can't really build a building twice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody gets to do that. So you build a building once and then you use non-playing characters to do agile. It's like building in Minecraft first. It is. It is. <laughs> On and steroids. Yes. It, it is the biggest Legos you can ever have. Wow. Man, and that's what's fun. I, I, I want to say one more thing about the metaverse is that I think that people are walking away too fast. I think as soon as you go in there and you experience the metaverse, it's it's sticky, man. It is very, very, very sticky. And I think they thought it would take off after COVID and it didn't. But, you know, I, I think a lot of cool things have come out of it. What do, what do you mean by sticky? It's sticky in that it, first time you go in and really get acclimated to having meetings in there, when you try to do a Zoom meeting the next time, you ain't going to be happy. Oh, I see All what right? you mean. You ain't going to be happy. And especially for someone like me that talks with their hands, that answers people based on their facial expressions and such, going into uh, there, there's a whole bunch of spatial AI. Go into spatial AI. It scans your face. It recreates your facial patterns. It's it's really an interesting AR, VR, virtual environment. So I think people walk away too fast from that. I think that there there's likely to be a lot more development there. Wow. So let's take a crazy swing. We're going from the ultra cutting edge of technology to forging, one of the most yeah. basic old time things that humans have been doing. So tell me about how you got interested in that and kind of what your story has been among the wilderness outside survival world uh so like you definitely need to, you need to transition your life and so when i get home from working in the virtual world i run screaming into the woods you know <laughs> like like to get that feel um actually what happened is uh i i did some survival classes when i was young with the navy seals and then later on in life when i was poor and couldn't have a garden i got into foraging because it's, it's lazy man's gardening, man. You go out into the woods, you collect everything, and there are mushrooms everywhere. We, have, we live in this area where you can, you can go foraging pretty much around the year except for in winter. And I've even done some weird stuff in winter to try foraging. So it, it's fun. I think it gives me a good balance between the high tech and, and the, the sort of in the woods and, and in it. And that led to foraging which is too close of a word. So it's always tough. So like working with metal and then bushcraft and then like all of those old skills, those guys had like a weird talent. And, and typically what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to figure out like, what did you do special that made this easy? Um, did you know your hammer bounces? like on an anvil. So like people don't know that and they wear out their arm and I can swing forever because I let my, my hammer bounce. I literally bounce it up and then I move my hand, but I don't lift my hammer. It always bounces. So not only is uh, forging in the woods, one of your hobbies, but also forging blacksmithing metal yeah, is yeah. another one. That's really cool. They sprang out of each other because, you know, like uh, actually I was foraging in the woods and I found some old farm equipment and the nicest knife that I have ever made, the one that I like the most, was made out of some old farm equipment that was found in the woods. And it's fun. It's just, again, it's good art. It's like that mix between art and building. That, yeah, yeah. 
that that's where that's where I'd live if I could. That's really sweet. My um, my business partner said that uh, filmmaking is the perfect bridge between art and science because he's a color scientist, right? Yeah. And I think I think being able to find that Venn diagram for our interests is like super critical in, in having a long and happy life, right? Dude, go find the mushroom people because the mushroom people are where the shaman meets the scientist. Like you'll have a bunch of people there that have sort of spiritual shamistic values and they're trying to get in touch with the earth. And then you have scientists that are like, no, 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 we need to get this under a microscope and we need to test the spores. And the, the community itself is is just as fun as, as, you know, going to find mushrooms. Yeah. But again, right on that edge between the two, I think is a fun place to live. So I'm sure going out in the woods after, especially after a long day in front of screens is super healthy. Um, and I've heard a lot of stuff about like being in nature and grounding all this other stuff of like along the lines of biohacking. So tell me a little bit about any interests you have in health and biohacking. So, um, I actually have only been interested in it recently. I was like uh, having some health troubles during COVID. One of my friends sent me an AI for fitness and it was a powerlifting app. Never lifted. You know, I'm 48 years old now. I was 47 then. And it was awesome. And so you need to keep your stats, right? So I started keeping my stats on everything. Got a little data obsessed. Not too much, but a little data obsessed. And, you know, I, I wear a whoop now. And, and it measures stress, it measures strain, it measures all these things. If you walk into the woods, you can watch your stress just drop off. Um, and, it, and it doesn't matter how physical vigorous, how physically vigorous you're being, it's still going to drop back a little bit. Um, and I thought that was really cool. I have, I have based on that data, started to just play around. Um, I, I know that you, I know you're heavily into that. So, so like, like, what do you use? What do you monitor with, man? So I've, I keep it pretty simple. I just have an Apple Watch, and I switched from the Whoop to the Apple Watch because my problem wasn't um, understanding the data; it was just getting in the gym and getting the data <laughs> yeah. going. So I figured the Apple Watch to me is a little more motivational, whereas the Whoop is a little more retrospective. The Whoop is definitely retrospective. You know what? I, I think it's got so much data. I, I, I know that you are very intense about this, but do you feel like maybe that level of feedback is a little bit more than you wanted? Or would you love it if you could have that on the Apple Watch? If I mean, I, I thought about wearing both, but I was like, I'm just not there right now. It's, <laughs> that's too much money for a hobby. But um, I, I do like the amount of data that the Whoop gives you. And it's certainly the most precise wearable that I've read about or come across. But I don't know, for me, like, ultimately, I mean, there, I've been talking to a couple of people about this. There's definitely this uh, over data, like, happening right now, over measurement going on in, in society, I think, with people wanting all this data. And really, we don't need that much of it to, to be effective. I think, honestly, the most important thing is tracking uh, how well your sleep is or how, how much you're sleeping is, is really important. Um, but then just knowing how many minutes of exercise you're doing, right? So that's really what I use the, the watch for is, is keeping a, a consistent read on my sleep quality and my exercise consistency. Right. Yeah. And I think mine, I think mine's just curiosity. I mean, it's blatant curiosity. Oh, it's There's, so cool. Yeah. It like, and I have found that, that when my blood oxygen is down, I'm immediately like, well, wait, it was, wait a second. What did I do? Did I do anything? And you know, half the time it could be that I, I wore the wristband wrong and it just had a bad reading, but it, it is, it's interesting with the access to the data. We all kind of want to have visibility, especially into sleep, right? Mm -hmm. We're unconscious. Yeah. Uh, so wait, let me ask you, what is your favorite 
biohack of any kind, really. It could be a supplement. It could be a, a, a health, a, an exercise, anything. I'll tell you what. I actually um, – there there is a supplement, the Alpha Brain supplement, which I can, can't – they say like take two a day. Never – could never do that. I can take one every once in a long while. But what I find is if you know, and it's nice you can see it in your data, if you know that you're 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 falling, like your strain's going down, your recovery's going down, for whatever reason, that mix really lights me up. It was one of the things that got me back to the gym. I, I am not precisely sure what's in that mix, but I will say that I took one yesterday because I was working on something with my daughter, and even even late into the night, I was able to keep my head and and sort of stay on task. Um, so again, very very seldom do I like messing with that, but like for everyone who doesn't know, he's not taking uh, Rhino skin or anything. Weird. No, 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 <laughs> it's no, just no. it's just a supplement of nootropics, which is like um, lion's mane mushroom, which helps with cognition yep. and memory and, and retention. And so it's a really interesting product. I've tried it before, and I, I, the first first time I took it didn't I didn't feel anything. I was like, oh, I can't really tell. Um, but after taking it for a couple of days, like just one a day, I noticed I did notice like I would recall things quicker. Right. Tell you what, I totally skipped over this. Lion's mane and, and bear's tooth grow in our woods. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these are two mushrooms that are neuroactive, and it's not insignificant if you're eating them off the right trees. So off of sugary trees, they produce a far higher to- or they a far higher dose. Mm. Um, this does not make you high. This does not trip you out. What it does is it's like drinking coffee without all the bad bad side effects. So you are just really turned on. You're really, really focused in. I'd um, love to find out what the biochemical interaction is with the brain. Like what is it doing exactly? Is it blocking? Um, I actually think that that's piggybacking on receptors that already exist. Mm-hmm. So it's really just picking back on some receptors and giving us some – I think it's basically it's giving us faster calculation time. If you if you ever read think so fast, less like less latency and less our... latency. But I also you know you ever read think fast think slow. If no, any, but I've wanted to. If you're out there, it's really read the cliff notes. It's way too long. <laughs> um, but there there's sort of two aspects to your brain. Um, one of them is subconscious, and I think it works more on that than on your conscious calculating thoughts. But it it is crazy. I've made a lot of pizza with lion's mane. Nice. So lion's mane pizza. It's a good pizza, but literally the conversations after are always a little bit more lucid than you'd expect. <laughs> That's I would love to try a lion's mane pizza one time. I will definitely bring um, you in some mushrooms. Sweet. So I know you're a big reader. Do you have any book recommendations, maybe top two recommendations for entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or any kind of business-driven person? <laughs> You know what? I actually think I'm bad at, at picking the right business books. Because I'm a consultant, though, I'll tell you, there's a book called Strategy by Friedman. It's a it's a tome, man. It's it's thousands of pages. Um, but the back part is strategies of business. And I mean, this is strategies from David and Goliath as a strategy of the small guy versus the big guy up through modern day military strategy. But then it gets into business strategy. And I think every person who's entrepreneurial should read those last few chapters to understand what's been done before. I think that there's a lot of a lot of the books on a modern business are rehashes of older strategies. So hearing a historian talk about the strategies that have won and lost, why they've won and lost, can really hedge you against making poor decisions. Um, and and 
Uh, there's even there's a lot of them sort of have you hothouse yourself for productivity. And, you know, this has been done a lot in the past and has been studied a lot. And it's got some serious, serious downsides over any period of time. Uh, so I would definitely say that that book on strategy, I, I, I do like essentialism. Um, I think that that one's important. Oh, and for sure, there are a lot of introverts that want to have their own business. Don't let that get in your way. You know, it seems like an extrovert world sometimes. But there is a book called Quiet. Um, there's also a TED Talk on it that really talks about what people who tend to be talked about as introverts really excel at and how to how to sort of get around some of the traps that that culture that's that's more extroverted culture like we have in entrepreneur real you know life gives you so definitely read quiet if you're somebody who feels they are quiet and and I, I think it was really helpful for me as somebody who's a little bit uh, more laid back a little bit quieter to read that and to understand yeah you're going to want to process after somebody talks to you you're not going to want to go straight into something absolutely taking a taking a second to breathe before replying to somebody especially if it's like a, a tense conversation right that's really important now you were reading the 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 12 week year correct now, what's the last one that you read? I was reading Radical Candor. I'm actually in the middle of a few books right now. I'm reading Radical Candor. I'm reading Zero to One. Um, <laughs> I'm reading Sapiens, yeah. which is really cool. I have read Sapiens. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, isn't it? How, I would say at any given time, I got seven to ten books going. How about you? Probably at least three. At least three? Yeah. At least three. Do you read fiction? No. Oh, see. I, I only read nonfiction. I, I've never been able to really get into fiction. I am I am equal parts fiction and nonfiction. Usually historic uh, fiction and then like corny things like I love Discworld. I love bad sci-fi. I mean, I'm a technologist. Mm -hmm. We are giant nerds. It's just the way that, that that works. Nice. So where can people learn more about you, Steel Toe, and connect with you? Well, I, I, if you want to jump on the, the internet and type in Eerie Forage, all one word, you're going to get um, up until the last three years, you're going to get tons of pictures of what the local mushrooms are like, what a whole bunch of weird projects like making solar dehydrators and all of that. So all of my woods time is, mm -hmm. is on Erie Forage. And um, just go to Steel Toe Consulting's website. Also, I have a podcast, The Construction Dorks. If you're actually a construction person, you should definitely listen to The Dorks. Um, I'm also on The Contact Crew. And you know, I, I would say, though, you know, more or less, um, the the construction dorks or Erie Forage are the best ways to find out about me. Awesome. Well, this is always a fun conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Radius Coffee Talk. To learn more about the space, facilities, and community, or to schedule a tour to see it for yourself, please visit radiusco.org.